Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an insect update from John Gavlowski. Also, John Hurd with Manitoba Agriculture will stop by to talk about soil sampling. And uh, first in today's country comment, the province's weed specialist, Kim Brown Livingston, will stop by to give us the latest on the weed situation. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program is Kim Brown Livingston, the province's weed specialist, to give us an update. Well, we're seeing regrowth of lots of things right now, uh, including some some crops that have already been harvested and we're seeing some regrowth. We are even hearing about some regrowth, and I've seen some regrowth in canola that hasn't been cut. It just had kind of not grown very well, and the recent rains have caused it to start growing again. So that is a bit problematic for harvest. Um, But we are starting to see, you know, we did have a lot of annual weeds that had emerged quite late. Um, They've been green and actively growing all the way through the season, and, uh, you know, they're just doing that much better now since we've got these recent rains. Yeah, and I guess just talk a little bit more about how those weeds might impact harvest. Well, especially the green weeds at harvest, I I mean, they they just make harvesting that much more difficult if you're waiting for a crop to dry down and there's weed patches in there. If it's a big patch, you can avoid it. You know, you can combine around it or you could swath around it. Um, I do see a few more people have swathed their canola than we're planning to just because those green patches were not going to dry down. So if we've done some pre-harvest weed control, even though, you know, if we're using a a glyphosate, we want to go after our perennial weeds. But that does help dry down our annual weeds as well and does help with, with harvest. But that is, you know, more of a slower process. But if you were to do, you know, throw in some heat or maybe go to a reg loan, that will help dry down some of that green material a lot faster. Um, but, it, you know, it causes, it slows us down at harvest. And if you've got that green material going through a combine, then your combine's less efficient. And then you also end up binning some of that green material with your dry grain. And it ends up, you know, it throws off your moisture readings and it can end up causing heating in the bin if you've got a lot of green material in there. Uh, so really, we don't want that in there. So these big weed patches are really problematic. And it's just a question of how exactly to deal with them. You know, there's a number of different ways to deal with them, either avoid them or uh, you know, dry them down and combine them, or, you know, some people have been um, actually harvesting them, like the big kosher patches and stuff are getting cut and baled and sold for feed, that type of thing. So um, there's different ways of handling it, just depends what works for the individual. And Kim, um, I guess you expect winter annuals will be showing up soon? Yeah, yeah, we know we've still got lots of heat, we've got lots of heat in the soil, we've got lots of warmth in the air. I mean, we're not even till September yet, so we know we're going to get some growth on those. And, you know, that just causes us to, you know, have some conversations about what we're going to do with those this fall. I mean, right now we've had a lot of rain uh, recently, not over the whole season, so we're still very dry. And so even though we're doing much better with moisture, we're very dry. So tillage, you know, we really have to consider that uh, for weed control. Like, is that the best option depending on the field, depending on the situation? Like, we really don't want to be drying out our soils too much because, you know, despite the recent moisture, we are still very dry. So, when these winter annuals start to show up, we need to know kind of what's there and kind of what's the plan for going after them. Right now, I'm not sure that tillage is the best option. If we did get a lot more rain in the fall, then tillage becomes a lot more attractive. Um, but, you know, maybe uh, chemical weed control and, you know, using different herbicides. There are some, some great fall herbicides 
And that's something we can talk about a little bit later in the fall, too, about some different options. But there's some great herbicides for fall weed control, and that'll get those fields nice and clean for the spring and conserve that moisture if we're going to spray them instead of till them. That was Kim Brown Livingston, the province's weed specialist. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Knute. SWM International will be shutting down its Winkler and Carmen facilities with an anticipated closure date of December 31st of 2021. A company spokesperson says the development was driven by the late 2020 closure of the company's Spotswood, New Jersey facility. The Winkler Carmen sites together employ 20 full-time individuals. The employees will be given the option to apply for job openings in other company locations, The Winkler facility, owned by SWM since 1985, harvests and collects flax straw and converts this into flax tow. Farmers and agronomists will be eagerly awaiting results from their fall soil sampling this season. John Hurd is a crop nutrition specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. If there is a silver lining in the dry conditions we had this year, I hate to suggest that, but one is if yields were reduced, uh, substantially because of lack of moisture in things, very good chance that we're going to see that as uh, resulting in higher soil nitrogen carryover in those crops. That's real incentive, uh, you know, that the, the dry conditions, lower yields, higher fertilizer prices are all going to drive increased interest in getting soil testing done this fall. Heard says after harvest and before tillage is the best time to get a good representative soil sample. And the Manitoba government has committed $3 million to maintain the health of existing trees and establish an additional 10 kilometres of shelter belts along the Trans-Canada Highway between Winnipeg and Portage La Prairie. Sections of the shelter belts need attention while other sections need to be extended. The Manitoba Habitat Heritage Corporation launched Phase 1 of the Trans-Canada Shelter Belt Project back in 2019 and has overseen the planting of 8,400 trees and shrubs covering 9.3 kilometres between St. Francis Xavier and Portage La Prairie, with an additional 7.7 kilometres of multi-row planting planned for next summer, which will add another 11,600 trees and shrubs. With this additional $3 million made available through the Growing Outcomes in Watersheds Trust, the program will see another 15,000 trees and shrubs planted over 10 kilometers. The proposed additional planting for phase two will have three row plantings west of Eli, which brings the total investment to $5.5 million. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, August 27th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, We'll talk soil sampling with John Hurd with Manitoba Agriculture. With harvest underway, soil sampling will be top of mind for many farmers. John Hurd with Manitoba Agriculture talked about what to expect this fall. If there is a silver lining in the dry conditions we had this year, and I, I, I hate to suggest that, but one is if yields were reduced, uh, substantially because of lack of moisture in things, very good chance that we're going to see that as uh, resulting in higher soil nitrogen carryover in those crops. And uh, so that's real incentive, uh, you know, that the, the dry conditions, lower yields, and as you mentioned, uh, higher fertilizer prices are all going to drive increased interest in getting soil testing done this fall. And I guess what are some basic uh, rules to follow as far as um, timing and, and, and depth? Well, uh, 
first of all, de- deal with the depth. You know, uh, our traditional and all the recommendations have been based on a sample uh, of the two foot, knowing how much nitrogen is there. And, uh, of course, that's important. But some of the early research, in fact, in Montana, they still sample to six feet. So uh, we know that the crops can access nitrogen deeper than two feet, but uh, two feet is a reasonable sampling depth. So we suggest the two feet. Uh, I've been out doing some sampling uh, in in the heart of the drought in parts of the Red River Valley and uh, able to get down and take some good samples uh, just the past week or so. So uh, I think the sampling goes well. Uh, with some of these truck-mounted probes, and so, and we say that th- this is this is not a year to estimate the nitrogen in depth, but the, but the year to measure. And so, uh, we, we're, we're sticklers for wanting people to sample uh, to get the the two-foot depth. As far as timing, uh, you know, after harvest, before any tillage, is the best uh, uh, way to get a good representative sample uh our depth is not compromised by by tillage and we can also better spot those problem areas that we might want to sample separately saying that we know that uh following pulse crops or or canola sometimes we can uh, uh see the nitrogen levels change a bit more uh throughout the fall but following cereals like wheat nitrogen levels tend to stay fairly uh, uh, static. So uh, I imagine folks will be busy sampling uh, right away on those cereal fields. What else would you expect to see on a dry uh, year like this? Well, uh, something that we frequently see, uh, potassium levels in the soil uh, will, will change. Uh, generally, they're, they're depressed after dry conditions. It's, uh, for those that know their soil chemistry from college, uh, those clay sheets uh, will uh, shrink and, and kind of slap shut, and they can trap potassium within the sheets. And so some of that is less available to the crop, less available to uh, the soil test. Uh, but with the, the recent moisture we've had, that's generally enough to rewet the soils and give us uh, uh, more characteristic numbers. The other things people have been wondering about phosphorus, thinking that, well, I didn't harvest much of a crop. Will there be a, can I reduce my phosphorus levels a lot? And the answer is probably not. Uh, although the phosphorus we put on wasn't all taken up by the crop, it will go into building the soil test slightly. So we may or see very slight increases, but uh, I've heard it said by others, you know, any money that people are saving this year on nitrogen because of soil test nitrogen being available, they may end up spending on phosphorus because phosphorus levels, uh, rates really can't reduce much and the prices are, are higher for those fertilizers. So soil testing will help folks to apportion their fertilizer dollar where it's best needed. And, John, have you seen any um, results yet this year? Uh, yeah, there's a few. Uh, I've done a bit of sampling, and uh, uh, some of the soil test companies have stopped, put out some initial s- summaries. And, yes, they're seeing that soil test levels, if they might normally be between 30 to 40 pounds of nitrogen carryover, they're in the range of 70 pounds. So uh, very similar to other drought years that we've had in the past. 
they'll tend to be higher because of that carryover. Uh, some very high levels coming back also. So uh, for farmers, the best news is is that, you know, try to capitalize on that residual nitrogen. Uh, it is there, and uh, crops will make use of it. And, uh, and again, maybe a portion fields, if you have fields testing high, well, then put your high nitrogen-using crops in there, like corn, wheat, and canola. Uh, uh, put put, put your, your soybeans, flax, oats on uh, uh, some other ground, that uh, crops that don't need as much nitrogen. Any other key points you wanted to touch on? Or? Uh, no, but ju- just that since it will be a busy soil test season, uh, good idea to contact your service provider or your crop advisor uh, early and schedule some fields in for sampling uh, so that uh, you don't want to be stuck uh, sampling in December. Uh, uh, you'll want to, to make sure you're on a, a list or a lineup so you can get your sampling done in good order. That was John Hurd with Manitoba Agriculture talking to us here today about soil sampling. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Beef Industry Conference has been rescheduled and moved to an online format for August 31st to September 2nd. Go to CanadianBeefIndustryConference.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, we're joined now by provincial entomologist John Gavlosky. Grasshoppers this time of the year, they're still looking for lush green vegetation to feed on. And as some crops mature and are being cut, they're moving around and they're looking for green vegetation still to feed, whether it's roadside vegetation or crops that are still green and standing. So we do see them moving into some crops. And in some cases, people have been controlling grasshoppers around their, the edges of some of the, the crops that they're moving into. In other cases, they're moving in, but the crops are mature enough uh, that the control doesn't seem economical. One thing that we're advising people just to keep an eye on is if you're planting winter cereals, when they come up, uh, they might become one of the more attractive things for the grasshoppers. So just keep an eye for any movement in. And if you are concerned about the grasshoppers moving into winter cereals, a couple things you could consider is planting maybe a bit later in the optimum seeding period and also uh, plant a bit heavier along the field edges, the outer rounds. Uh, that will give the grasshoppers a bit more to chew on, and you should still hopefully get a decent stand. What about flea beetles? So flea beetles, same thing. They're looking for a little bit of green vegetation to feed on before they go into their overwintering. They overwinter as adult beetles, so they're going to feed for a while, fatten up a bit, and then go into overwintering. And... The ones that are in canola, they only eat cruciferous vegetation, so things in that same family as canola. So as some crops are maturing and becoming um, brown, they're moving to some of the later seeded canola that is still a bit green. And same as with the grasshoppers, people are just keeping an eye on things. Generally, they don't do a lot of economic damage late in the season, although we have seen some exceptional cases where they were very thick on the pods and doing a lot of pod damage. 
So there has been some spraying for flea beetles in those situations. And uh, spider mite concerns in soybeans, um, that's diminishing now? or Yeah, uh, spider mites, one of the natural controls of spider mites is rain. And we got some good rains. Uh, people have noticed that some of the spider mite levels are dropping or seem to be dropping. Uh, also, the soybeans are getting to the stages where they're no longer really susceptible to the spider mites. When the, the beans are still developing inside the pods, when they're still growing and expanding, the crop is still quite sensitive to uh, the, the type of um, uh, leaf discoloration that's, that the spider mites can cause. But once the seeds are fully formed, uh, they become much less susceptible. So combination of spider mite levels dropping and the soybeans getting to the more uh, resistant stages. All right. Um, any other insect concerns as um, the season progresses here? Right now, the, the, the grasshoppers and maybe to some degree still, the, the flea beetles are the two main ones that people growing field crops are watching. That was the province's entomologist, John Gavlosky. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Some good news for Canada's beef industry. Fawn Jackson is with the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Singapore has become the first country since Canada has a change in our BSE status to give access for all of Canadian beef and, and meat products. So we're pretty excited to have had Singapore take the leadership uh, in this. Previously, Singapore had approved all Canadian boneless beef and bone-in beef from animals under 30 months of age. Soil sampling this fall should present several economic opportunities for farmers. John Hurd with Manitoba Agriculture talked about timing. As far as timing, after harvest, before any tillage, is the best way to get a good representative sample. Our depth is not compromised by, by tillage. And we can also better spot those problem areas that we might want to sample separately. Heard says there may be places where nutrient input dollars can be saved. However, he adds with current high prices, simply maintaining some application rates will be more costly than normal. And Manitoba Agriculture has issued its final crop pest update of the season. Grasshoppers are still quite noticeable in some ditches and edges of some field edges, but control seems to have tapered off. Some movement of grasshoppers from harvested crops to later maturing crops has been noticed. Heavy populations of flea beetles have been noticed on some later maturing canola fields, resulting in some control measures. Spider mite concerns in soybeans have also diminished with the recent rains and advancing growth stages being potential factors. Green, actively growing weeds continue to be a problem in fields that are ready to harvest. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.